Hello, lovelies. Are you ready to get a challenge on? I am. This is Luke Orlock from Think Chat, and we are at Confession 82, which is a challenge. We're looking at how to ideate with the forays from Pop-Up Studio by Misty Patterson. So in our last episode, we defined what it means to ideate and sketched our thinking with a question formulation technique, which is also called the QFT. This lays the foundation of asking a variety of questions to and with our learners so they're able to generate and revise and prioritize and plan with their questions in mind. And as we create this culture of thinking, we're ready to think more outside of the box to ideate real solutions to issues within our organization. Woo-wee, I'm so excited. So as previously mentioned, my friends, we must do this process entirely with empathy. We need to do this with love and sincerity and kindness because that's how we're going to get our organization to move forward. We're asking others to change not only their actions but their viewpoints after possibly years of doing it one way. That's a lot to ask of somebody. You're asking them to give up their security blanket of who they are and how they operate within the world. So please tread carefully and with kindness. Over the past five weeks, I have been thoroughly blessed to participate with the core of educators from around the world with the SIDL um, Book Club. Now, SIDL stands for the Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning from the University Liggett School in Gross Point Woods, Michigan. And we hold regular book clubs to unpack and digest and to transfer big ideas um, from books. We've worked on Dive Into Inquiry from Trevor McKenzie. And most recently, we read um, Misty Patterson's book, called Pop-Up Studio, Responsive Teaching for Today's Learners. Now, if you have not read this book, once again, Pop-Up Studio, Responsive Teaching for Today's Learners. This book is transformative. It demystifies the process of inquiry planning, teaching, and doing how to incorporate meaningful connections to concepts, and then how do you leverage students um, to coach them so that they're more independent in their practice? It's phenomenal. It's not a very big read. There's a lot of practical scenarios and a ways to apply it to your practice, and it's meaningful. And the beautiful thing is you can get it in paper or you can get it in digital form um, off of Amazon. It's lovely. And we just finished about a week ago this book club experience. And it just really opened up my eyes of new strategies on how to leverage this inquiry and conceptual connections within our practice. In particular, there are some strategies called the four A's. And they have certain guiding principles that stood out to me as a scaffold of the inquiry process. After all, isn't coming up with new and innovative ideas part of the inquiry process? And Mr. Patterson came up with a simple system to help you look at your curriculum in a fresh new viewpoint. 
you know, we'll apply this um, concept to problem solving, to ideate. And you can use one or all of the four A's to help spark your ideation process. That's up to you. I tried to link them all together. And we're going to have this challenge ultimately to help you stretch and grow. So are you ready? I am, so let's do it. Okay, so the first A is called abundance. And Misty suggests that abundance evokes the spirit of generosity and respect. We honor and contribute to the multiple, uh, sorry, multitude of ways we can come to know and respond to the world through our senses. So think about all your sensory experiences and how that helps to shape who you are and what you observe in the world. And when we engage in abundance, we're trying to expand our thinking beyond what we just see and make connections beyond even our own limited imagination. This is where true out-of-the-box thinking starts. It's looking at everyday objects or ideas and going beyond. For example, you might see a simple house key, right? And you think its job is to unlock a door. Well, how can we look at a house key from a different vantage point? It can be interpreted as a portal to a different world. It may help us to unlock our mind to new ideas. It may bridge new experiences that may seem scary or uncertain. So as you can see, as we're going through this process of abundance, we're looking at the key more than it appears on the surface level. And there's always going to be a, a teaching goal and a learning goal. So the teaching goal is to turn the seemingly trivial into the transformative. So that's our job as educators. How can we take an everyday topic, such as the water cycle, and really make it transformative? Rather than just looking at water cycle, looking at scarcity, looking at equity of access, looking at multiple usages of water, looking at um, how water drives society. Now you're adding more rich layers than just talking about the water cycle. Now the learning goal, so this is what our learners are doing, is they're being put into the driver's seat and they're trying to say, there's so many ways to think about this because of the way that you're constructing the learning experience. They're coming up with the connections on their own. And how do we do this in a practical way? We use a diverse range of books and materials where students are able to make unusual connections. That sounds like conceptual understanding to me, where they're being able to say, hey, how can we leverage this so that we can have more abundant usage of the materials? We're also bringing in special objects then inspire curiosity, provoke questioning, and help students to make connections. We're also setting the stage where students can solve problems in a variety of ways, where it's not just limited to one fixed mindset. 
and we're trying to get our learners to really evoke this spirit with their words and their their minds. Yes, let's try that. That there's no barrier to what we want to do because that's the heart of ideate. So here is the challenge for abundance. Take a look at a topic within a unit of inquiry. You heard me right. So, I mean, we have content we have to teach. So look at some of your content of the unit of inquiry. And I would just look at one area. Go beyond the surface features of that topic, such as water cycle. Okay, we know the parts of the water cycle. So what? How do we then make that more abundant? And try to ideate numerous ways of looking at it that you may not have considered before. Great start, right? So now what's the second A? The second A is authenticity. Misty purports that authenticity is about being vigilant and helping learners connect their passions to the broader community. In other words, it's about appreciating the concepts we explore together are relevant and significant to the world at large. The first thing that comes to my mind is making personal connections to the content and then applying it to my real world context, right? So I'm first engaging and saying, hey, this matters to me. And then looking at, hmm, how does this apply to my immediate community? And from there, because you've made relevant connections, you're able then to make it and extend the learning and say, well, if this is what's happening to me and within my immediate family or immediate block, well then how about in my greater community, right? That could be like within your neighborhood, that could be within your city. And what do I notice are the commonalities that are happening there? Are we all having the same experiences? Then looking around your own country and saying, hmm, are there certain regions that are having these same experiences? Why or why not? Then going to the world beyond. In this way, we make generalizations about issues and we're looking at how these issues impacts humanity, not just ourselves. So the teaching goal is to realize relevancy through real life relationships and applications. We want our learners to connect, make a personal connection to what they're learning because there's a greater chance that it's going to hardwire to their brain. They're going to create meaning of it and then transfer it to a new learning situation. Then there's the learning goal. This is important to me and it's important to others working with this too. That's what we want our learners to walk away with. That, hey, this issue of the water cycle, it's important to me because if I don't have enough rain or if I have too much rain, then it impacts my community. Where else is this an issue in the world? Are there people who don't have enough access to water? And so how do they then survive? And what if you have too much then how does that impact how you live? Whoa, so deep. And then how do we then 
get students to engage authentically with these ideas, right? Because that's what authenticity is all about. We go through, we possibly could do role plays where they're going into the role of someone else to make connections to their real life situation. We look at scenarios, images, videos. We look at scenarios and look at how would you react in these situations? Kind of like a role playing, but the scenarios are more specific with details of facts. Then we position local and global connections. Here are different ways we're providing provocations that provoke questioning and thinking and connections for our learners. And we might also provide some choice boards where certain learning engagements, they choose their pathway and where they connect and learn. So here's the challenge for authenticity. Take a look at that same topic within your unit inquiry from abundance. Now stretch your thinking to find ways to connect it to your students' everyday lives, your local community, your regional area or your community, and other places around the world. Woo-wee! This is why we want to make sure you do at least one out of the four A's. But if you're super duper, like some of my friends on PYP chat, I know you're going to do all four. All right, now we're moving on to the third A, which is awareness. Misty states that awareness sparks new ideas and insights. It's the essence of the aha moment. And aha moments happen when we connect conceptual dots, whom uh, we see relationships and patterns between ideas. So what does that mean? That means that we as humans all have aha moments. But do we teach our learners to spot them in their own learning so they know when they happen? This is a huge part of that metacognitive thinking process. And to be honest, as a teacher, I don't think I did this clearly enough. I was not as explicit of it in my teaching. And I became more explicit as a coordinator. So it's necessary for us to teach, hey, you know when you connect this idea and this idea, that's called an aha moment. And I want you to be mindful. You don't have aha moments every single day. They might come every two days. You might have them every day for a week. And then it comes once a month. But that's okay. The key is to recognize when they happen because it aids in the process of making conclusions in our learning. So the teaching goal ultimately is to activate those ahas. How are we structuring the learning and the questioning and the provocations to activate those ahas? The learning goal is to hear your students say, aha, yes, it's like this. That's what we want. So in order for that to come about, we need to be utilizing questioning routines like Harvard's Project Zero visible thinking routines. We need to be provoking and helping students to synthesize their thinking and make connections, right? We need to be doing consolidating activities, once again, like the visible thinking routines where they're able to take these big grandiose ideas of facts and drill down to the 
meat and potatoes of what does it mean and what are the implications. We also then need to go the other way where we help students to big idea build. All right, well, what's the overarching theme, uh, you know, central idea to this thinking and getting students to be able to write synthesized statements, basically teaching them how to write central ideas to synthesize their thinking through like um, uh, Project Zero's headline routines and things like that. And also to be able to analyze data and be able to see trends and be able to have aha moments of, hey, what is the trend of this? And why does it matter? And how is it connected to this thing over here? So here's the challenge for awareness. We're going to continuously stretch our thinking. We're going to build upon prior learning by using that same unit of inquiry because we want to use it in context. Now you're going to examine what strategies have been specifically planned or you're going to add some to the unit to facilitate aha moments because they don't come just randomly. They're created, right? And so that's the difference between intentional planning and transdisciplinary planning is that we are actively seeking that students are making connections between and across subjects. What reflection tools will be used to spark these aha moments? You can use visible thinking routines, but are there other, other tools that you just love um, that really help spark these aha moments? And how will learners self-regulate the process? How are they gonna guide themselves so that they can retrieve some of those routines for a later usage? like on a state test or on a substantive assessment or on a formative assessment or next year, that's what we want. All right, now we're down to the final A. Are you ready? Because this final A is amazing. It's called anew. And Misty remarks that anew fosters deeper learning of concepts over time through recursive inquiry creating opportunities to return to ideas, to connect and meet ideas again and again as they grow in sophistication, fosters complexity within a study, enhances conceptual thinking. I love how you can see something new in, a, in reading the same materials or watching a video again or interacting with others after some time apart and also having some experiences that you return back to a mentor text and you have this aha that you had not seen before. This is why I reread books, you know, one to two years from the last time I read them, because I'm always growing in my understanding and my application and my, you know, just my knowledge of the world and how it works. And so when I come back to these mentor texts, um, like the one I just got by Kath Murdoch, Getting Personal with Inquiry Learning, must get, by the way. But anyway, I know the first time I read this text over the next few weeks, I'm going to have aha moments. But then after the summer of training and leading a lot of workshops, I'm going to come back to it and I'm going to have some aha moments that are going to impact my workshop construction. And then after a year, 
going back through it. I'm going to pull out some other aha moments and so forth. That's what is a new. A new is not necessarily getting new information. It's getting new ideas from existing sources of inspiration. And how, did, how does it make you think of new ideas? So the learning goal is to spark new ideas and share what's swirling. I love that visual. What's swirling around in your mind because that's what's happening with us and that's what's happening with our learners. We're constantly swirling around ideas and trying to say, how does this connect with this to make it stronger? And then our learning goal is hearing our learners say, I never thought about it that way before. That's when you know a new is happening. So how do we create those systems to support a new? We have design challenges, just like this one that you're currently in, where you're given some information, then you apply it somehow. You ask some what if questions, right? You ask questions like, what if this happened versus this happened? Sparking curiosity. And also doing how about scenarios. How about if we look at it this way versus this way? Using with our, and I don't think this is just for early learners, but using imaginative, imaginative, so I cannot say that word, or fantasy play. How are we going to leverage this throughout our free creativity and also composing something new, right? Whether it be poetry, whether it be composing text, art, whatever it might be. But how can we come to new ideas? based on prior learning. So this challenge within your unit of inquiry, I want you to think about what are some things you've done previously that transform learning experiences of your learners? Because there are some. Which ones can be stretched to incorporate what if or how about thinking? And how can you incorporate more learner agency so that learners show their process rather than a product. So as you can see, I absolutely love the framework of the four A's in guiding my ideation process. You can use one, you can use two, three, four. The four together, man, it stretches it in so many ways. And I just wanna say thank you to Misty Patterson who came up with this construct. I have read this section of her book probably four times. And in preparing this podcast, I've gone through all steps of the four A's because I've had to look at how am I going to present this into tangible steps that are going to make it relevant to you. And so I'm going through um, that abundance, right? Stretching it. How am I going to make it so that it's authentic for you and your practice. How am I going to create some aha moments like, oh, I hadn't thought about that before. And also a new. And a new is, hmm, have you heard these ideas before? And now you're having these ahas, you know, combining it with awareness. And, and I'm going through all of them myself. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this challenge. I hope you our risk taker, and we'll share your ideas on Twitter at thinkchat2020 or on LinkedIn at Lou, L-U, last name Gerlach, G-E-R-L-A-C-H. And so I'll see you in the next episode as we look at um, 
prototype. All right, I'll talk to you soon.